0: Uh, this is Andy from Beastly Theories. Uh, today, we've got Denver Michaels, a good friend of mine. Denver is an author with a passion for cryptozoology and the paranormal, uh, lost civilizations, and, and all things unexplained. At age 42, he released his first book, People Are Seeing Something, uh, which I own, actually. And uh, that was a, a combination of many years of research into the uh, lake monster phenomenon. Since then, he's gone on to write Water Monsters South of the Border, wild and wonderful and paranormal West Virginia and detours into the paranormal Atlantic City road trip. He works full-time as an engineering technologist, married with three children, uh, so in his spare time, if he gets any, he enjoys the outdoors, traveling, and continues to perform research and writing for future works. And here he is. Hi, Denver. How are you doing? How's it going, Andy? It's going very, very good. It's a, a kind of wintry and wet day here, yeah, in the UK today. So just like the summer, basically, no, no change. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cold here today. It uh, it, it warmed up a little bit, and then it got cold again. You know, real, real heavy winds and the ground's all frozen. Just a nasty day out there. Have you seen any snow? Yeah, we had. Uh, we don't get a whole lot of snow where I am, but um, you know, I mean, probably two feet a year is our average, but we got we got a little bit of snow uh, uh, about a week ago, and uh, most of it okay. melted, but as soon as it melted, it got real cold again.
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's it's funny, you know, the, the, the the statutes and the things that people are used to. Uh, here, we have two feet of snow in the south of the UK. Anyway, it's like a national emergency. Yeah. The trains <laughs> don't work. We have half a foot, the trains don't work.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: anything stops those trains, in fact. And now, yeah. You know, I've started this little podcast. It's basically chatting with colleagues, beastly theories, talking with researchers I like. It's a com- it's complete nepotism from start to finish. <laughs> just people I like and I want to talk to and, and chat with and and pick their brains. Now I do have two of your books. I've got uh, "People Are Seeing Something," and I've got "Water Monsters South of the Border," which I really, really enjoyed. Both of them, and um, you know, I just thought we'd start with that. You know, being well into lake monsters like you are as well, and, and really a crazy Nessie fanatic and, yeah. and all the, the affiliates. I just thought we could you know, go over, people are seeing something. You know, I was surprised to see just how many lake and sea monsters uh, there are in North America. And now I know that we're familiar with Champ and Ogopogo and things like that all, all over the world, but I thought maybe you could tell us a little bit about the, the different types of unknown aquatic beasts in the book and, and where they are geographically
1: yeah well and and that's and that's the thing in the book i think i put might have covered you know somewhere around 50 60 creatures give or take over like 30 states and six Mm. provinces and um kind of just barely scratched the surface to be honest with you, because there's um there's you know like you can dig up um you know like old newspaper sightings and things of just like you know in such and such a lake You know, somebody described this prehistoric creature, you know, just kind of like one-off type sightings and stuff, you know, that I didn't even put in the book. And, um, Uh you know, there's other, um, you know, there's other creatures with histories, too, that, you know, I just kind of, like, decided to cut the book off somewhere, you know, after x amount you have to, <laughs> you have to stop somewhere <laughs> yeah i didn't want to end up having you know like a 900 page book or something that you know people like oh this is this is too much you know but um, it can just become a compendium
0: uh, sooner or later kind of yeah you want to yeah. elucidate a few examples and move on and otherwise it's just a reference I suppose. yeah yeah but
1: uh, um, i i found like the bulk of the sightings um and you know like say you're if you want to use your typical, you know, mm. lake monster, you know, your multi-humped, you know, long-necked, yeah. um, you know, serpentine, uh, most of those seem to be, um, you know, like in the uh, in the, in the northern United States and and wow. Canada, like in your um, mostly like in your glacial type lakes, you know, like yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know lakes that are you know similar to Loch Ness and, and those type of places, you know, and you know like some of the lakes you hear in Russia, things like that. Uh-huh. You know, it just seems for whatever reason those um those real deep narrow lakes just um in you know and 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 what I can see seem to hold the bulk of the the typical sightings. I mean, you uh-huh. know, there's a, there's other types, and and the same kind of holds true in in South America. I mean, you don't really have a whole lot of um you know your nessie type sightings in, in South America except when you get into Patagonia uh-huh. you know uh, Argentina and Chile where where they have those type of lakes too so that's yeah. um, that's kind of interesting not really I don't really know what it all means but it it is definitely a um you know a connection of some sort yeah that's strange they they like the cold yeah they like those cold <laughs> deep lakes and um I you know I mean yeah I mean it makes sense that um yeah you know that good deep water and and, and things is uh it's good for uh, I guess hiding out and stuff, but um it also kind of makes me wonder if maybe, you know like way back when when the you know when the ice was melting and things like that if um you know like little colonies got got kind of trapped you uh-huh. know like like here and there and I don't know.
0: Would you say um I, I, something that's interesting here is many of the loch and lake sightings have some, um, have some river that's an outlet to the sea, mm. whether it be you know, very deep or uh, moderately deep or shallow in some cases. Uh, and some of our water monsters have occasionally been seen uh, moving through these rivers. Um, even with Loch Ness, you could get out to the sea either side. It's, uh-huh. it's, uh, it's unlikely that you wouldn't be seen unless it was nighttime. It's completely black in the areas. It's very pristine, very rural. I, is that the same situation in the United States and Canada? Do you, do you have a lot of um, river outlets to the sea or, or most of the lake monsters or legislative monsters cut off there?
1: Now, it seems that, you know, like a lot of them are. Like, um, and also there's... the. Um you know, like a lot of the lakes and uh, are connected to other lakes, you know, mm-hmm. via, you know, underground rivers and aquifers that, and that sort of thing. And that's yeah. always, that's always something that, um, uh, you know, it comes up time and time again is these, uh, rumors of, um, you know, like underwater, um, you know, cavern systems and things like that. And, and that makes a lot of sense to me, you know, as far as, you know, when, when people are, uh, you know like scanning and and things like that and like oh well we didn't find anything but you know yeah. if you know if there's a network to, you know that that you could you know travel under these underwater caverns and things you know some people think that they can they can that they may have some sort of sonar ability themselves and that they can hear it
0: um, they can detect the sonar signal uh, which would make sense if you have a few boats traveling down a a lake, let's say Loch Ness was difficult enough when they did Operation Deep Scan. I spoke to a chap that uh, was involved in that, and he said, you know, there were so many boats next to one another, we all had to, to set our sonar signal really low, because otherwise we would disrupt one another. Yeah. <laughs> and on top of that, we couldn't go too close to the sides because it was too dangerous. People weren't experienced enough, and there were lots of little bays and things we just had to skip. And uh, then he said, you know, I, I'm sure that um, any um, aquatic beastie would have heard, if not the sonar signal, would have heard, you know, 35 boats coming down the lock. Yeah. And yeah but, you
1: know, three but, contacts,
0: but, even with that. But still, it's it just seems to me that if it's an intelligent creature, it's going to kind of get away from something big and, and noisy coming towards it
1: yeah and, and you know debunkers they like to act like the, you know that that's the be-all and end-all you know it's like well yeah. there's been, and, and you know and then they tend to ignore when people do find things uh anomalous yeah. things yeah. on you know like their fish finders and you know things like that when they you know find something moving that's you know 20 feet long you know yeah They're, they just you know dismiss that you know floating log
0: Oh, to yeah. The surface, yeah, floating log and air yeah. trapped inside. And yeah, um, I, I love I love all of the water monster imposter um, ideas because it's such a mental twist in some cases, especially with things like Nessie and other creatures that seem to have a neck that you know that comes out of the water several feet. I'm not aware of any particular water monster imposter that could really fulfill that role. Not a seal, um, not an eel, they can't do that, you know, not otters. Of any, not even the, the Amazon order could you know could appear yeah. to be of that size. So, uh, catfish, sturgeon, all the rest of it. I all, you know I, I love these um, frail-brained, um, imaginative uh, witness um, explanations that people give. There was one recently in Loch Ness, uh, taken by a military historian. You've probably seen it. it looks like a very beaky. Kind of head. He said it was sticking four feet out of the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had a round, rugby sh- ball-shaped head and kind of a beaky face, bit of a brow ridge on it, maybe a frill at the back too. He described it pretty well, and uh, I went to the location recently. Mm-hmm. I said, just then it, it's freezing. You would not wade out into that water, and there's a drop off. Um, I can't imagine anybody else being there. There was no debris of any kind. It's, it's deep in that part. I thought, well, that's not proof, but you know. The kind of a diver with his hand up, a stick sticking out of the water, a bit of, you know, broken um metalwork or docking of some kind. These are all plausible excuses. You know, people do fake things. But I I don't think there's a big reward for hucksters and hoaxes out there. You don't get famous, you get a little money from the paper for your picture perhaps. And then from that point onwards you just get harassment <laughs> for <your laughs> <sighting? You know? laughs> Nothing good happens to you, you know, when you come out with one of these things. Yeah. So I'm wondering, um, when it comes to water monster imposters, actually, is there something, some animal for some of the sightings you think you would be satisfied with accepting for not all of the sightings, but some, a plausible stand-in for some of these water monsters?
1: Well, I mean, you know, like you said, there's there's a lot of different theories, you know, a lot of things, you know, could be, or this or that, but... um... I'm kind of um, always been, you know, if I have to choose one, right, you know, you, you put a gun to my head and you, you know, you make uh, me choose one. I'll, I, 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 I kind of fall along, you know, some type of um, prehistoric uh, marine, you know, reptile type thing, uh, you know, something like a plesiosaur or uh, something, something like that. I'm kind of in that camp. And, you know, a lot of people, you know don't really like that idea or very no. hostile to it uh, I've seen people in uh, you know facebook and twitter oh, comments they like get mad about it really, mad. really and, mad And, you know I mean I'm not going to fist fight anybody over I don't care we we don't even yeah. know for a fact that these things exist, No. real so yeah. I mean I'm not I'm not going to I'm not I'm not going to waste a lot of time arguing with people but that kind of to me um you know cuz if you think about it like you said for uh and you know there there are cases where seals have been mistaken for things and oh, yeah. so, and stuff like that yeah, but absolutely. like you said with a, with a long neck sticking out of the water five or six feet yeah. you know now you can you could do what some people have done and um you know propose the idea that there's an undiscovered species of long neck seal. i yeah. mean that, that's fine i mean that you know, maybe, but I mean, that's just as much a stretch to me as thinking a- that something prehistoric survived, right? You
0: know? this, is, this is where I am on it, though. So I think to propose that there is a 40-foot, possibly up to 40-foot long seal with a, a long neck living on in, in locks or undiscovered so far in locks and lakes around the world, is it's a bigger stretch than an extent population of um, uh, prehistoric reptiles might have survived. Yeah. You know, we know we've got the coelacanth, the horseshoe crab. The crocodile is still with us. Yeah, These are all, these are all cousins from around about the same period, um, you know, this geological period. And yet this, I think it's a size matters type of issue. Sure, we can accept that this is coelacanth and some species of prehistoric trees have, have lived on to a modern uh, uh, era. But philosophically, uh, I say a dinosaur, I mean an aquatic reptile, um, it's it philosophically has so much more weight than those other things. Yeah. To find something like that, I think, would be troubling to some of the paradigms out there. Um, at least, as far as the scientists are concerned, it would give the creationists a big boost, anyway. And then you know, they they think that they have the proof for their theory. And mm-hmm. I actually, uh, although I lean more towards that camp, I actually think that that science would find some way to explain it. They would yeah. find some way to explain why it's still like the coelacanth. So it's 17 million years, it's missing, and then it's there. As a living creature, unchanged. That's quite extraordinary. Um, so I think if they eventually find plesiosaurs living on in our lakes and seas and, uh, and accept that, you know, have uh, evidence, of that, I think they'll just find a way to explain it. You know? yeah. yeah. because of X or Y or Z.
1: Yeah you're you're right and and um and and that that's that's something you, you you brought up an interesting point about the creationists and um you know and and I'm not uh, I don't fall in their camp of you know, really the Earth being, you know, six ten thousand 10,000 years old or whatever. But, you know, for whatever you think about them, they've done some great uh, research they in really uh, cryptozoology. And, and, you yeah. know, what, whatever you believe about what they think, you know, I mean, there's no denying that they've, for for many years, have kind of been on the uh, forefront of, um, mm-hmm. you know, cryptozoology, uh, you know, like the lake monsters, the you know, the flying, um, you know, the rope. Roca- oh, yeah sort of yeah. thing um even uh you know uh Mokili and bembe looking for you know living dinosaurs on you know and on on in the jungles and and things yeah. like that so and you know there is a there is that thing where you know we're not and not even just with cryptozoology but you notice this too like um um uh, let's take like like the uh, the the uh, crater impact theory that that ended oh, the yeah. last ice age uh-huh. you know i mean i mean to me it, it's almost it's just always been settled in my mind i don't know if it was a comet or something else uh-huh. but something cataclysmic you know ended the yeah. last ice age that's how you get all the floods and stuff but uh-huh. there's so much pushback to that and i think it's because they're afraid to give the uh, creationists an inch you know what i'm saying Well, it's a funny thing that a lot of materialists these days, um,
0: uh, geologists, sorry, some of the, lots of them have a sort of um, punctuated kind of catastrophism um, kind of theory to different points in time or these big leaps of evolution that have taken place. I don't get involved in it too much. As I say, I I fall more towards the religious side, but I've always kind of kept it out of my conversation about what I'm searching for because it's, um, it's polarizing. Oh, it's very... Immediately, you know, you don't have the same colleagues or you don't have the same chats, and we're all just really looking for animals. And with the creationist guys, the ones that are seriously out there just trying to to prove something for their faith, I think that's fine. Yeah, that's absolutely fine, as long as, as we get to share the evidence when they find yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind uh, what they do. And uh, it, it shouldn't matter that they're... Their end game is something else. If they still discover evidence of living creatures, now in your book, um, Water Monsters South of the Border, just going to hold it up again. <laughs> I um, I noticed that there were some pictures of the Ica stones. Oh yeah, yeah, and that was that was very interesting. Uh, were those pictures you took yourself? Did you visit the area, or um, did, did you get those
1: on, online? No, but what do you I, know I about was, that study? I I I actually got those pictures um um god when was this this was uh this was like almost 20 years ago there's a creationist i i can't remember his website maybe bible.ca or something like that anyway his name is don Patton. i know who that is okay yeah and about um 20 years ago i mean i think he had a thing on his website like where you could he just had all these cool pictures yeah you know tracks and 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 the the Ica stones and you know um, various other pottery and and blankets with what looked to be uh, you know dinosaur like um, you know motifs and things yeah. in them. And I think that I I like you could o- order you know just like eight by eleven you know uh, photographs of all his pictures. I mean it's like five bucks or something. And then um I just kind of um you know stuffed them away in in one of my old file cabinets or something when I was when I was writing my book I'm like oh I got those pictures you know <laughs> so I went and dug them out and I'm like wow and so I emailed him and I'm like you know uh I'm not really coming at this from 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 a bible type thing yeah. you know but uh would you mind if I you know use your your photographs and, and you know I I don't you know I mean I've mentioned in You know, and like like in in my books when describing the lakes that, you know, I kind of stick with the, you know, with the modern paradigm that, you know, they're, you know, a million years old, whatever. But I'm just like, you know, I I would like to share your, your, you know, your photographs because this is pretty cool you know And he's like he's Everything. like yeah he's got my permission share them yeah. whenever yeah. wherever you want he just wanted to get the word out so so that's yeah. where i i got those from i've been to peru but i've not been to that you know that part I and mean, there's there's a there's a lot of places in peru that i you know did not get to go to when i, mean, I was my a-
0: understanding was that they they struggled for a long time to get into the museum archives to see those stones those mm-hmm. big boxes of stones um, I've actually spoken with him once or twice. We, we almost met uh, when I was going to Israel, so often went to Israel for a coffee because he was on an archaeological dig there. Okay. He's an archaeologist as well. And um, we always, but, but he'd just come back as I was going. So we were. I was hoping to get a coffee with him and discuss how he got into see the stones, what his thoughts were on them, and, and things like that. So it's kind of interesting. You know, I'd love to have him on this actually, but I'm not sure if he'd be up for some little living room podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, it was very, very interesting. Um, that kind of stuff, South America, I know you have, you know, there's quite a few uh, famous, um, one wants to say, now there's that very famous picture of Nahuelito, uh, is, which is in Lago Huapi. is that right?
1: Yeah, I, I um, don't know if, uh, how to say it, but I could, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, in uh, in Argentina, yeah, down, you know, way down in Argentina, Yeah.
0: Uh, what do you think about those tales? I know there was a very explicit picture a couple of years ago that some people thought was doctored in some way, uh, of a, a sort of a, a toothed reptilian kind of head uh, yeah. lurching out of the water. Did you did you ever see that?
1: Yeah, I, I mean I've seen. I, I'm not real familiar with the one you're talking about exactly, and you know, um, I you know I have seen some photographs, but to me, I mean, I'm more. It, to, to me, the most impressive thing. is just the, um, witness report after witness report, after witness report, the photographs, that's, that's all cool and everything, but (laughs) uh, it's, it's so debatable and, 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 and even worse with videos, right? I mean, video could be anything sometimes. And, um, and that's kind of the catch 22 to dealing with skeptics. It's like, okay, so there's all these sightings and nobody's got a picture. You show them a picture, <laughs> well, that don't prove anything, and then they'll just keep repeating that, oh, there's no pictures, there's no video, and then you show them something, oh, yeah. no, that don't mean anything. It's a catch-22, <laughs> for sure, debatable, disputable. That's what We were discussing, uh, I was
0: talking to Alexander Pedikov the other day, who did On the Trail of Champ, uh-huh. and um, we're just saying, you know, oftentimes, it's worse if you have film or pictures and you're a witness. Because then they can tear that apart, whereas if you just make a witness report that's reasonably credible and you've got a good reputation, it might be accepted that you saw something. Mm -hmm. Um, If you've got a picture, watch out. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, you'd almost have to be crazy to, (laughs) you know, to to show your picture because then, you know, everybody's gonna, you know, scrutinize it to death, you know, scrutinize you and everything. But uh, you know, like like you were saying in the in the lake in Argentina down there, I mean, you know, there's just reports that go way back, and there's been all kinds of explanations for it. From like you said, from hoaxes to uh, submarines, and you know, submarine testing. You know, that sort of thing. But um, there have been some really good, um, you know, and, and what I think seem to be credible eyewitness reports that, you know, they're just like the ones you hear out of, um, uh, you know, from Champ and, uh-huh. you know, the Ogopogo. So the this is it's like a
0: Nessie-like witch or is it yeah, more of a
1: yeah, serpentine Ogopogo type, type of animal? It, it's, it's, you know, uh, it sounds... Oh, uh, i mean it's got the nickname the patagonian plesiosaur oh know, okay it's one so of the nicknames that, that it kind of
0: goes by, so. <laughs> yeah so I mean, amazing who knows? oh so um i understand it's not just nessie like animals or, or serpent like animals around the place um you just uh, finally on this little subject here you write about the uh some very large turtles sometimes and you also write about something called the oklahoma octopus
1: yeah oh, what's that well, the Oklahoma octopus, um, and this this is one that I kind of I think is just kind of um, you know folklore or um you know kind of almost kind of just something that uh, got some traction on the internet and it just kind of kind of took off on its own. But that's cool. But it, you know, it's <laughs> got a good got a good ring to it actually. Like, yeah, well, that was one of those things when I first heard about it. I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> an octopus in Oklahoma? It's like this is cool you know but the more i got digging into it uh you know just just a quick background on it so there's like three lakes in oklahoma and they're they're all man-made lakes but Uh but they're very large lakes. but uh you know when you get to the man-made lakes um you know I, i always you know get kind of skeptical that there could be a you know water monster in there but i mean i guess there could but but anyway uh it it's like in the early 2000s There there um there are several reports of drownings and things like that in these lakes and like something was uh like pulling people under and um so these these kind of kind of took off and 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 uh you'd hear about people describing like um like a freshwater octopus like red leathery with tentacles and things but um Uh Um, this is in the early, early noughties, early 2000s? No, uh, this was early 2000 or, uh, or mid to late 2000s, okay. I say. mid yeah. to late 2000s, but um, if you, um, do you remember a show called The Lost Tapes on Animal Planet? Yes. I don't know if yeah, y'all got that over there, yeah. but anyway, that was kind of a cool show, but it was, you know, it, it was entertainment. It, it would wow. take like a cryptid report or or whatever, yeah. and you know, do all this dramatized stuff. So you know, there was like you know, like like maybe like that much truth in them. And and <laughs> in another show, it says that you know, this is all dramatized <laughs> and everything. But I do remember one
0: or two episodes.
1: Yeah, well, they did an Oklahoma octopus episode, and um, so. You know, researching this thing, you, you know, like like, like you, you couldn't find anything like, um, you know, from like print sources, newspaper, anything yeah. like that. Everything was just on the Internet and it was okay. just the same things repeated over and over. Forums and, and things. Yeah, I do what now? Uh, forums, chat rooms and Oh, yeah, and things, things like yeah. that. And, you know, like a couple of websites with some articles. But it's all the same thing. It's like it's it's always, um, you know several teenagers one of them drowns one of them goes to the hospital but then they got you know the soccer marks all okay. over them like an octopus and things like that and um i was reading an article uh, on one of the cryptozoology websites i think uh fella zachary mann may have written it and okay. he he pointed to um a Stephen King short story called The Raft. And uh-huh. so I, I read that, I watched yeah. the the, um, uh, the Lost Tapes episode, yeah. and it's like the same thing, almost. I'm, you know? Well, as you're telling me the story, I'm thinking of The Raft. Actually. Yeah. So it's, yeah. you know, Raft, it was like an ooze or whatever in the water that consumed... It was
0: televised as well, I think on, um, I think Tales from the Crypt might have done it. Or okay. One of those okay.
1: guys in the 80s
0: yeah yeah okay I'll back but, so, but that's kind of a black ooze
1: yeah so so long story short, you know um I think the lost tapes episode um pretty much ripped off the stephen king short story and just put like an octopus instead of the you know the ooze or whatever that was in the water and and like everything that you find as far as sightings and stuff uh, like wow. on the internet go it's all exactly from the lost tapes episode oh, okay. names and everything so oh, okay. I, I mean it was like just kind of a cool story that that kind of died because you would and hear to say there's not a kernel of Truth in it It has to come from somewhere originally. Yeah. Um, And in in the drownings, there could have been like, uh, you know, like large catfish, or I'm not opposed to the idea of like giant catfish in those big lakes, you know, even like um, 80, 100. hundred pounds that do you do you
0: have wells? Do you have wells catfish? We don't there? have
1: wells, but we have like those big blue cat like in the deep south, they have those okay. big blue cats and they you know, they get up over eighty, you know, eighty pounds sometimes. Five, and six, six just, feet, six, seven, seven feet like, maybe? Yeah, they got like heads like wow. that. Yeah. I mean
0: I And how about um different what's about giant turtle sightings? Um well, What was that about? I now I I didn't find it in the book again, and I missed it. But I'm sure you you did a blog about some very large turtle sightings, and that's yeah. always fascinated me. I know that's a big theme in very uh, uh, East Asian countries, mm-hmm. is, uh, but it's also mixed up with their mythology and uh, uh, religious uh, imagery as well. well what, what do you know about that?
1: Well, this is that. That's kind of another one of those things that you don't really you don't really know. Uh, like where the, where the truth ends and, and folklore takes over, you know what I'm saying? The lines get, get kind of blurred, but uh, there was a lake at, that I wrote about in, in my book. There was a lake in uh, in Indiana, and this was the late 40s, maybe like uh, 1949. And, um, and there's this, this giant turtle. Um, people were reporting seeing a turtle. Um, you know, the, the shell was like the size of uh, the top of a car, you know, wow. reporting. <laughs> and, um, you know, it was kind of, it's kind of a long story, but anyway, the, the farmer, um, whose land this was on, um, you know, uh, he, he reported it to newspapers and he was, um, you know, he was going to drain the lake, you know, to prove that this thing was mm. in there. Cause it was only like, it was a small lake, um like seven, nine acres, or something like that. Not wow, Nothing too okay. big. I mean, still a big undertaking to, to drink. Yeah, sure. sure. But uh, anyway, um, you know, it got the attention of local media and, and even people from, you know, media from across the country. And, you know, uh, supposedly there were like thousands of people, you know, um, you know, out there to document this, uh, you know, this, wow. this turtle thing. And, you know, uh, long story short, He's he's trying to drain the lake. Um, he spends all summer working on this, so he doesn't harvest his crops or anything. And <laughs> he's, he gets, like, close, but, you know, his pumps break, and he's out okay. of money. And it's just oh, you know, yeah. story over. I think he ended up going bankrupt from all wow. this, you know, and um, it just kind of sad. You know, because he didn't harvest his crops or anything like that, going after this turtle, and then the, the turtle tri- mania. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. the story kind of ended there. But they have um, you know the the turtle's name was Oscar, and they called okay. it the Beast of Busco, uh,
0: Tur- oh, Busco that's right.
1: Indiana okay. or something. And they do um, they do like a festival each year to this day, like in honor of that turtle and that story. But um, you know, so I, you know, I don't know. I mean. It, it's, it's hard to tell, but I mean, if a guy, you know, puts his livelihood on the line to prove sure, this thing exists, sure. I mean, he he at least thought there was a massive turtle in well, there.
0: There's another aspect to that as well. I think when you go back 50, 60 years or even 30 or 40 you know, before the Internet, before things could be disseminated well, worldwide. the the tales are going to be sparse in supporting sources Mm -hmm. now you could say these days the supporting sources are you know thousands of retweets and you know retellings and paper coverage of the story but that is usually like you said again with the lost tales thing usually based upon one or two accounts so who's to say he didn't see it i don't think it invalidates it at all my The thing I'm wondering about turtles, and most reptiles grow for their entire lives, don't they? How big could, say, a snapping turtle or something grow if it lived a very, very long time? You know, you hear of animals when they're infertile male animals, sometimes uh, gaining a a very massive size. I'm not sure if that affects turtles, uh, by the way, but could that be, you know, could that be an answer to some of these things? tortoises and turtles just living for a very very long time in optimum conditions with no predators and then you know maybe not as big as the roof of a car but let's say the size of a sofa yeah you know and that's still pretty huge <laughs> that's,
1: that's still a big turtle man <laughs> yeah i mean when i've been fishing i've uh, just accidentally caught these big snapping turtles you know like like this like that, oh, wow. and yeah. and that's not even anything compared to you know what these people are talking about. But yeah. you see their their shells start coming out of the water. It's like oh my god, look how you know. And then they got they got heads like you know that big around, and um, yeah, I I can't imagine seeing something like they're talking about. But no, I mean no. those those stories exist, and and even in the, you know some lakes in New Mexico, uh, the bottomless lakes. I was out there. In uh, 2017, my son and I went out there on the outskirts of Roswell. There's a there's a series of lakes, and they're um, they're really just well, the sea notes are just like filled in sinkholes, you know. Oh, okay. And and they're really deep. They're some of them get up to like 90 feet deep. But there have always been reports there. Um, a lot of strange reports. But um, um, from there, there were people that that have claimed, and and you know these these are kind of sparse report you you don't see a lot of you know documented stuff it's more just kind of like word of mouth and a few things here and there but of these turtles there that are the size of a Volkswagen you know um you know I don't I don't know how true it is and 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 being out there it it was kind of hard to uh, really imagine that um you know that something like that was living in there but who knows, man? You know, it's
0: strange. Even if you, even if you reduce an exaggeration by twenty percent, it's still, still a pretty, pretty big pick. animal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's strange. All of these things. I, I saw one of those river monsters episodes with Jeremy Wade, and he was fishing for Wells catfish in a dam in Spain, where they'd been they'd been well stocked with fish this whole dam, and people have put the Wells catfish in there twenty, thirty years ago to to fish. And they're catching 9 and 10 footies in there. And they're huge animals because it, the water is warm. There's masses and masses of food. And it's a catch-release program in the dam so nobody keeps the fish. There's just tons and tons of food in there. Wow. And these whales were bigger than any of the world's catch fish that they were fighting. So optimum conditions, you know, without predators, with, uh, uh, with a great food source. Who's to say an animal that can live you know, 100 years like a turtle? can get very, very big.
1: Yeah,
0: I I think so, too. Now, um, I I would talk about our aquatic uh, crypto friends for hours and hours, if you let me. (laughs) 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 But um, there's another aspect that you're very into, which is the paranormal. Now, I I know very, very little about that, but you wrote two books, uh, Wild and Wonderful and Paranormal West Virginia and Detours into the Paranormal Atlantic City Road Trip. So, for someone like me who knows very little about the paranormal genre, what do you consider to be paranormal? And, uh, you know, is there a particular area that you're interested in, or is it just one huge minefield of, of different sort of ghosts and ghouls and poltergeists and hauntings and things like that?
1: Yeah, I'm, I guess more like minefield. You know, I'm just kind of. Um pretty much anything unexplained you know i just like to uh, research investigate as much as i can and write about you know i just uh i yeah i, I love cryptozoology but um there are times when um you know you, you don't know the the lines or at least for me um, yeah. the lines get kind of blurred like like let's yeah. take something let's take something like the mothman okay oh, where yeah. do, where does where does cryptid end and something more supernatural begin yeah. with a creature like that? You know yeah. what i'm saying and and even I'll tell you i mean even um and a lot of people don't like to hear this either but um even with Bigfoot, there are a lot of instances where you're almost sounds like something supernatural or, or whatever is going on. And, um, yeah. you know, that's, that's not popular with a lot of folks. And, uh, yeah. but it's just, you know, when, uh, like, I'll, I'll give you an example, like, like not too far from where I live, maybe 20 miles down the road. Now I, I live in a fairly rural area, but there's oh, a lot wow. of subdivisions and, you know, maybe, uh, thirty miles away there or thirty minutes away, there's a lot of protected national forests, things like that. So, you know, you would expect, you know, a lot of your cryptid reports there and stuff. But there there was one that somebody was telling me about, and it was in a park that's about, you know, maybe, maybe a hundred or two hundred acres of land. So, you know, you you could have something there. Mm. But you know you would think that if there was there would be just like a whole lot of sightings you know what i mean but somebody yeah. was telling me about a bigfoot she said it was it was definitely not a bear it was like a bigfoot but it was light in color and all she could describe was these huge red eyes so I mean now I can do all these mm-hmm. you know mental gymnastics and uh-huh. try to figure out how something's got these huge glowing like yes. LED like you know <laughs> red eyes or you know I could say well you're you're not telling the truth I could mm-hmm. or I could just say well I don't know what it is, but maybe it's not not something natural.
0: It's something that comes up a lot and do you say there are some mental gymnastics and of course some attributes that would have to be applied to it that if it is an ape that we wouldn't apply to other apes. So something somebody, somebody said to me that it has some form of bioluminescence that it can create its own light within its eyes. So I thought, Well that's very interesting, but that's a big That's a big biological thing we're talking about here. Yeah. That's not known in in other apes. And I know the Mothman and the Owlman here is reported in the same way. Um, I don't think we've had any Bigfoot sightings where the eyes are said to have self illuminated, so to speak, or glowed in any way. Uh, but I have heard of them, you know, worldwide. Yeah. That this thing does seem
1: to happen with no light, other light source. Exactly. Uh, other yeah, than yeah, so the it's not self. like a flashlight hitting it, you know. Yeah. It's just like glowing red eyes. So, and, and, you know, that's just one example. And that's just kind of something I point out that, um, you know, with, with a lot of these things, uh, you know, I'm kind of open to the paranormal, whether they're interdimensional, ghosts. Or whatever yeah. I don't know I don't I don't really get into a whole lot of that I just I just notice that there are, you know, some weird things that some cryptids kind of um, you know accompany so that's kind of why I leave the paranormal door open with a lot sure. of things. Sure, but I think also, that's reasonable. It, but and, and you know, if I circle back to lake monsters, that's kind of why I love lake monsters so mm-hmm. much. That's one of the one things that I just. I don't even have the paranormal in my mind at all uh-huh. because I think there's just enough sightings, there's enough water, there's enough yeah. things we enough plausibility that we can say, yeah, this is definitely a flesh and blood animal here. You yeah. know? but you know there are lots of theories, especially up at Loch
0: Ness, um, uh, where the people have proposed all kinds of identities, paranormal identities uh, for this type of thing, and I. You know what? I think this whole uh, study of cryptozoology, it does have a lean into the paranormal. I think it's because it's a multi-denominational uh, belief system. So yeah. it, it requires some belief because there's not enough evidence, and therefore, I, wherever the person is personally coming from, sometimes, or where whatever they lean most towards—religion or science or you know, paranormal—other seems to. Provide the explanation they're looking for when you describe sighting. Of course, there's some sightings that uh, Defy all explanation regardless of what you think it should be Uh, but it's interesting when I did the conferences in the US this year What I was very astounded by with the storeholders was there was um, there were horror comic people there were um, Psychics there were ghost hunters there were bigfoot people like monster guys They were all there together and I thought is not that strange (laughs) Uh, obviously the same people like to buy all of these different things. Yeah. It's, it's the same genre. A big eye-opener for me, anyway. Yeah. Um, just just briefly, in the next sort of five minutes, or so before we go, I just, I'm very excited to find out that you're writing about giants. And I know you yeah. said that you are sort of um, reconsidering just taking a small time out with it at the moment, but obviously, you know, it's a big subject. Um, we spoke before when I visited the tomb of Og of Bashan in yeah. the Golden Heights, who features in the Bible as a uh, 15-foot tall giant, a uh, 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 remnant of the giants uh, in the, the north of Israel um, back in biblical days. Now, what type of stories have you been researching, and, and what kind of geographical areas are you covering in that book?
1: Well, uh, in, for the most part, I kind of... Um, north America is really... And, and, um, north of, and, and you know especially like the ohio valley um you know that area, and um you know moving moving westward a little bit is a real hotbed but um the the book is kind of divided up into several parts, and uh-huh. like in the first part, I like to cover the giant myths um and legends across the world, you know, so I've got a chapter dealing with you know some of the Native American stories um you know into like Greek mythology you know blah 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 and, and uh you know south american stories uh stories from you know Mesoamerica and that sort of thing and then in the in the in the other part of the book, I chronicle some of the actual um historical encounters with um, with giants uh you know when some of the early European explorers uh, came over here, like, uh, Hernando De Soto, you know, talking about, um, these giant, these giant native people that stood, you know, a foot and a half taller than the Spanish, and they're, you know, and the, and the chiefs, uh, were even bigger, you know, like, wow. uh, chief tuscaloosa he was supposedly so big that um he couldn't even ride their horses they had to put him on a pack horse and his feet drug the ground you know and and his son was the same size you know those things where it's like um you know where you can see that uh you know at least you know uh early on in 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 america is that uh there might have still been you know a remnant of um you know, very large statured statured people. And so I kind of break it down like that. And then Mm. at the end of the book, I, you know, just, I'm going to discuss some theories and things like that. It's one of those things I've been working on it for a few years, working on it real hard last year and, you know, kind of took a break. I've got, I don't know, I've got about, uh, Seventy-five thousand words, and I need to really finish it. I need another fifteen, and I'm yeah. just kind of kind of took a break from it for a while, you know. And I you don't want to force it out. Yeah, right? exactly. Well. Um, yeah, and I've always got like two or three things I'm working on at the same time. So. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> I know yeah. that feeling. Yeah, I, do.
0: I think it's an exciting area though, because um. You
1: too. Uh,
0: well, it's just there's so much in our history now, of course, here um, in Britain, Albion, as it used to be called, was reputed to be a land of giants. Yeah. You know, when it was settled. Um, and, of course, in South America, I always think of the Patagonia, like you mentioned, the Patagon, the Big yeah. Feet. Um, so, named, Now the Spanish aren't a big people. You know, that's one plausible excuse for thinking the natives were giants, but I still don't think, you know... Um, we're talking about small people they're describing here, they're clearly seven foot and above by yeah. the sounds of it. And why not? We have giants today. We have people who are gigantic today. Um, they, they have growth issues sometimes, like the, um, what is that called? beings uh, yeah. with them. Uh, yeah. uh, yes, I'll, I'll, I'll put that. Down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yes, but to... with the pituitary gland when, it's, uh, when yeah. it has a, a tumour. But then you also have people who are of giant size. Now, I knew a guy, uh, Sam, he was seven foot tall, but he was a giant. So even though he was just seven feet, he was proportionately giant. Yeah. um, Across, just a huge, huge person. And that's how he grew. And look at the Maasai, six foot average for women. And that's, um, they're tall people. And in old times when gene pools were more restricted because you stay within your tribe, within your state, within your town, your village, or your part of the country or the world, I think it's very likely that people could have become uh, big, you know, yeah. in a tribal sense, or small yeah. when you hear of little people, you know, very, very small
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, in, in the same sense. And you probably noticed when you met the Peruvian people that they're not a huge people themselves. Uh, and yeah. when you were in Peru at that time,
1: yeah, especially Incredibly. especially up in the mountains, you know, the oh, yeah. you know up in the Andes, they, most of those people were pretty short, and uh, uh-huh. but but in the in the jungle area, they were you know a lot taller. It's you oh. know kind of strange.
0: That makes sense. I I would imagine there's a, a big um um deprivation of oxygen at those heights.
1: Yeah, yeah, areas. and they and I guess they um they have a lot bigger lungs, you know. Mm than we do and you know the walking around in those altitudes and things it's oh God. yeah it's just uh you know like like just like more <laughs> so some of the guys were you know kind of like had more barrel chested oh you know?
0: really very wide across the chest yeah that's interesting it's very interesting yeah,
1: yeah. i'm not an
0: altitude person denver <laughs> don't do altitude
1: <laughs> yeah it's it's uh up in uh, up in the andes some of those towns you're just uh, what in Cusco, I think it's like um eleven eleven thousand uh five hundred feet thereabouts, so just walking around takes a little bit of getting used to, man, and <laughs> do you find that your your blood
0: pressure is affected at all by that that kind of altitude, or is it more I, to I've do always,
1: I've always done okay with it. I'll Got get it. the little shortness of breath, you know when uh. i you know when I'm walking around and and like in the mornings. I'd wake up just with a pounding headache every oh, morning, really? I guess, because, you know, you're just sleeping all night. And you're not, you know, you're not breathing the yep. oxygen yep. that you're used to. But for the most part, I did okay. Um, and even even here in the States, um, you know, places I've hiked at high altitudes, you know, uh, you know 9, 8,800, 8, 9,000 feet, things like wow. that, I've, I've done okay with. But um, okay. I've heard that people, though, that do okay with it, like they might go back another time and then all of a sudden get out really, there yeah, just I, I, hit you. That, that's what I've heard. It's never happened to me. Yeah. Um, you know, knock on wood it doesn't,
0: yeah. you know. But. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the knocking on wood is the reason it's not happening. <laughs> 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 um just just to finish up, like, I really enjoyed this and it's so good. As I say, I love the books. I really I've read them a couple of times and um for a while this. now, but I've I've seen it a few times and it's a good reference point for me when I'm thinking about this subject and what I'm writing and, and what else is out there for corroboration. You know, yeah. often referencing them. For people who are interested in you, now, where can they find you? Uh, how can they support your work? And are you talking anywhere? Is there anywhere they can go and see you and, you know, get a signed copy or, or hear you speak?
1: Well, I've not uh I've not done any conferences or anything to this point, but if people want to look me up, uh go to denvermichaels.net. I've got a uh I've got a blog. I usually write a couple blog posts a week and uh you can find all my books on Amazon or or wherever you uh wherever you buy books. Uh-huh. And oh, I've I'll, got oh, a few uh, YouTube videos too. Yeah, I've got a YouTube channel too. It's fairly new and I've not really promoted it a whole lot, but I do um I'll do like a little Almost like little supplements to my blog. I might have a blog post and then I might uh, you know, kinda of put that to video about a, a particular cryptid or something like that. And then sometimes when I'm out in a out out in the field or whatever, I might shoot a little, little cheesy video if anybody yeah.
0: wants to watch I it.
1: <laughs> I do that myself. There was one I was
0: hiking up um up into the the, the hills there, over the the loch recently. Yeah, I remember the that. I path on and, Facebook. I, think. Um, I had to add huffing and puffing <laughs> added for for dramatic effect, but really I'm just out of shape. I'm in my body. <laughs> so I just okay. You're gonna walk it. You're all by yourself, but mm. and that's fine. But <laughs> it's gonna be on camera, so you gotta give some explanation. Yeah. <laughs> then, but I, I'm gonna sign up, But listen, thank you so much for doing the show. I'll put all your links up and. You know, it's just it's just been great talking to you. Thanks so much.
1: Well, it's good talking to you, Andy. I appreciate it. Thank you, buddy. Bye-bye. All right, bye.